Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Well, it's Friday. You know what that means? I get to hear about, well, my faults in the weekly Clark Stinks segment. And later, I've got an actually fantastic story to share with you about an Apple AirTag being used to catch a bad character. And I talked about the bad that's occurring with the Apple AirTags. It's important I talk about the reverse, too. And speaking of that, you know, people are both bad and good, and I've got both in me, and we get to hear about the bad in me right now, don't we? We sure do. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. I think Clark generalized a bit too much when talking about life insurance from employers. He recommended everyone should avoid it and buy their own term life insurance. That highly depends on what your employer is offering. I get coverage for 12 times my salary for a reasonable price. I got quotes for private term life for the same amount of coverage, and I would end up paying between 20 to 100% more than I pay now, Sebastian. Sebastian, that's fantastic that your employer offers such a deal. And I should say... I was so strident when I was talking about how important it is to own your own life insurance. I have a term insurance policy from one of the many companies I work for that is their own insurance or employer-provided insurance, and I don't pay for it. They give me one time what they pay me free, and obviously you take that. We're talking about uh, paying for more, and in your case, the 12 times the salary works really well for you. The one thing, Sebastian, I would ask is, do you have the right to convert that to a personal policy if you do leave that employer or when you leave that employer, you lose the policy? And then another about the same segment. Technically, this is a Chris distinct, which I hate to say, but I really, because I really enjoy you both. But after Clark talked about employer provided life insurance, Chris said Clark was generous to provide life insurance to his employees for free. But we know that life insurance is not free, and it is actually really costing employees that do not need life insurance. A couple of years ago, my employer switched from providing benefit credits for life insurance to giving us life insurance for free. This change cost myself and others close to $2,000 annually, and now I have life insurance that I do not need. According to Clark himself, his employees would be better off if he just paid them the cost of the quote-unquote free life insurance and let them decide how to best spend the money. David. David, thank you. And I didn't go out and look for free life insurance for employees. With our benefits a provider, it was just a throw-in that if I didn't take it, I would be paying the same premiums for benefits every month. And so they just get it. It's not something I went out and saw it, not something I think I should be paying for as an employer. 
but it was like a mandatory add-on or included in coverage that I already give the employees. And most of us have our own policies as well, just to make sure we're Let's covered. Hope. As much as I appreciate Clark, he does need to be called out for this stinker. He warned us the whole second half of last year to shop for Christmas early. I browsed Black Friday, Prime Day, and all the big sale events from all the retailers. Luckily, I didn't find any deals of interest during any of them. I kept searching for really good gifts at great prices and never found them. This put me in a position for my Christmas shopping to become a last-minute task. I worried because of Clark's warnings. They were in the back of my mind the whole time. But as a savvy consumer myself who researches prices, I had hardly had any issues getting the same deals or items coming on time for the holiday. There's clearly supply chain issues in our economy, but I'm surprised no one has pinned Clark, the consumer expert who cried wolf for the holidays. Keep up the great work, Clark. Maybe <laughs> be less of a worry wart next year, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Uh, there were certain sought-after items that people who didn't buy early could not get, certain toys, things like that. And the lowest prices were, this Christmas season, overall on stuff for Christmas, were during the month of November. And it was actually, it started the last few days of October through the month of November were really the low price points. We track the prices of things pretty thoroughly at ClarkDeals.com. And November was, as it is most years, it was, again, this past Christmas, the bargain month. But the supply chain disruptions are real. Okay, at my Aldi, they have Christmas merchandise still coming in. I feel so bad for them. They've had to take areas that they would normally be using for the early entry of spring merchandise which happens in the middle of summer usually and there's all this christmas stuff piled up everywhere and they keep marking it down and marking it down and it's been rough on retailers with goods of all kinds that did not come in in time and so i'm gonna double down here nick i'm gonna say if there's stuff at a retailer that was designed for the christmas season and it's still sitting there unloved and being really marked down, buy it now for next Christmas. We already had a question about this earlier this week, but here's a stinks. Unfortunately, your advice on college summer prep had an elitist stench to it. While many summer prep programs for elite private colleges may not be needed, there are truly worthwhile summer prep programs, usually at public universities, that offer a bridge to students whose families do not have a tradition of college. First-generation college students, low-income students, and foster kids who are among the least likely group to attend college. These prep programs ease these students into an unfamiliar new world of college. The summer programs also offer a sense of community, especially important to Native Americans, for example. And that's from Paul. Paul, thank you. And the programs that we were talking about are very different than these bridge programs at community colleges and public two- and four-year colleges around the country that are there for families who have individuals or foster kids, as you mentioned, who don't come from family environments, have a tradition of college, and college is a foreign thing in terms of how it's going to work, what a college schedule is like, uh, all the aspects of being at college. And those programs are fantastic, and usually they are very inexpensive. Some of them are free. That is a whole different thing and what we were talking about, which is where they do these mailers 
two families offering these incredibly expensive programs where you go to these schools and the way they're pitched is it's going to help you get into uh, exclusive or hard to get into college simply because you've been to this enrichment program that is being offered at a college But usually the bad ones, as we established with that other question, are the ones that are not run by the actual college. There's just being space rented there um, by a third-party for-profit organization. So a parent reads, hey, my kid's going to be at Dartmouth for this program, or they're going to be at, you know, whatever fancy school, Stanford, whatever. And these people are just tenants renting space on that campus, making you feel like, you're suddenly getting the prestigious rub from being at that school. Have you been on a cruise lately? I'm upset that you would try to sway your followers by slamming the cruise lines. We were a cruising family for 30 years. We just got off a ship and it was everything it always has been with the exception of wearing a mask indoors. By no means am I a mask advocate, but it was okay and it was tolerable. There are a few things that are actually better than before. The mustard drill, the buffet, and the shows. Royal Caribbean is doing everything they can to keep the passengers safe health-wise while still allowing them to enjoy cruising. We have several more booked in the upcoming months. I have had to cancel a cruise last minute and had no problem getting refunded from the cruise to parking to the airline. In some cases, it was a credit to be used at a later date. We can't stop living, Cynthia. Cynthia, thank you for this. And I've also addressed this another time because I did uh, fire up people who love going on cruises. And I was talking about how this is a time of great opportunity for deals with the hazards that I have addressed online and here on the podcast. So uh, as you may have heard, we're going on a cruise in March and we're going on a cruise in June with our eyes wide open to the possible disruptions that could occur and the possible cancellation at the last minute of the sailing we're on. You answered a question from someone that works for a company that's requiring them to buy their own company vehicle, which can't be any older than six years old, and you recommended buying one that is five years old. Wouldn't that mean that they would have to buy a vehicle every year once their vehicle hits the six-year mark? That's a great question, and I just made an assumption that the requirement was only the initial purchase. And you could be right, and in the case you're right, then I'm all wet and I gave bad advice. At the time, the way I interpreted that was the only requirement was the initial purchase be a vehicle less than six years old. And if and if it plays like you said, I gave a bad answer. And the answer should have been a three-year-old or four-year-old vehicle, which right now, unfortunately, are incredibly pricey. I loved your segment on household social security benefits, but it was almost like Clark was asking for a reminder that not all married couples are opposite sex couples. He referred to husbands and wives so many times. Can we just call them spouses or at least mention that there are about a half a million same sex marriages in the USA at the moment? Sarah. Sarah, thank you. And it's just an old habit that I, of course, I know there are same sex couples and same sex marriages. And it's just an old habit of mine to say, husbands and wives and you make a good point that vocabulary does matter and that I should retrain myself and old dog new tricks to remember to use the word spouse in the cases where that's most appropriate and so I appreciate all your posts on Clark Stinks remember if you feel I've said something tone deaf I'm missing part of the picture 
you feel my advice is just out to lunch, please go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and post it for me. And straight ahead, I talked about the things that have been freaky bad from the Apple AirTags. Now I've got an incredible suggestion for you when you're moving to share with you a real positive of the Apple AirTags. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. There's been stories all over the world about how the Apple AirTags are being used for bad purposes to steal vehicles, to stalk women, um, just terrible events that have occurred. And they're not um, theoretical. They've been happening. And so this is a technology unleashed that Apple designed for good purposes to be able to find a lost or stolen product of some of whatever type. And they've been very effective because... Apple has the technology built up. It's like a worldwide relay system from one Apple device to another, to another, to another, to be able to locate items that have you've either left somewhere or you've lost or they've been stolen. And then criminals, being criminals, have figured out how to use these to harm. But man, do I have a story about bad activity being stopped in its tracks by the AirTags. And this story is compliments of ZDNet. And it is about a woman named Valerie, who the story originally appeared in Military Times mm-hmm. because she's a military family. They were moving from one base to another. And she got a real bad feeling about these movers when they came to get her stuff. So surreptitiously, she took air tags and placed them in her strategically among her possessions. And then her possessions went into the ether. And so finally, she hears from the moving company after she's been complaining, 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 and told the military times that she was told by the mover that her stuff was still in Colorado. And she was actually moving into the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So they say that all her stuff is still in Colorado. Guess where it was? In New, New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> they were lying through their teeth. And this is... It was a guy 
and apparently he was visiting a lady friend. He was told her he was just so leaving he was, her old he house. He was on the road. Made a stopover. Made a stopover for a few days to hang out with someone and didn't do his job. And there they are with nothing to sleep on, nothing to sit on, et cetera, et cetera. So in this case, it was not the worst the moving industry has, which are the mob run um, theft rings. If you're not familiar with this, this is a huge problem in the moving industry with these organized crime organizations that use names similar to brand name moving companies or they have brokerage fronts and they'll come and they're very careful packing up your stuff. I mean, they are careful packing it up because they are going to kidnap your possessions and either sell them, ship them to a foreign country to sell there, or they will hold them ransom And the ransom can be for thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, enter the AirTag, the humble AirTag that is also used for nefarious purposes. What I realize now from the ZDNet and the Military Times stories is this could be a way to track your stuff that's been kidnapped. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like an equal time provision. We're not under one. But I was so harshing on the problems that the air tags are causing that here's one that's helping, that can help to bust up criminal rings. Because this is a huge problem in the moving industry. By the way, the best prevention up front is not the air tags when somebody gets there and you're like, uh oh. The best protection up front is how you hire a mover. And you always want to start with the industry's own website and the information we have on Clark.com about how to find what's referred to as a pro mover, which are legitimate players in the industry that agree to live by a code of conduct. And also there's a process, if you have a dispute with the mover, to resolve it. But there are a lot of fly-by-nighters and a lot of crooks in the business in addition to the legitimate people. And it's hard for you to know because... Other than military personnel, who moves all the time now? So most of us don't have any experience built up to know how to hire a mover. But AirTags, got to tip my hat to you. All right. We've got some questions. This is from Christopher in Connecticut. Hi, Clark. Love your podcast and have come to trust your advice. I really need it now. I've been saving for retirement with a financial advisor for years now and so far have 350000 invested into high-fee mutual funds, 1% to 1.3% in the fees, I assume, and $68,000 in a variable universal life. I Christopher, know, you're killing me here. He says, I know I want to get out of that. So my fund expense fees are close to $4,000 a year, which I decided I really need in my pocket instead. I want to know the lowest cost, most tax efficient way to get out of all these high cost funds and get myself into low cost index funds using my own online brokerage account. So Christopher, the way you're asking your question, first of all, I should say the company Christopher is with is not a fiduciary. They are a high commission firm that sells people investments and insurance at outrageous costs. And often people will end up putting a lot of money in and having less than that amount of money to show for it 
because of all the massive fees and expenses you pay. And so you don't want to be with one of these sales people kind of organizations. I'm gathering from what you've said, these are in taxable accounts. So that makes this tough because if they were in, if the money, obviously the variable universal life would be in taxable account, but the high fee mutual funds, I'm guessing you don't mean any of it is in an IRA. Any money that's in an IRA, you don't have to worry about. You can sell out the positions and move your IRA to one of the low-cost providers like somebody you're with right now in your own brokerage account and be in the low-cost tax-efficient index funds. With the other things, this is tough. I would like you to go buy some clock time with a Garrett person and get their help figuring out an exit strategy for you based on how much tax you're going to have to pay on capital gains on these funds and get you out of them and into ultra-low-cost funds. The difference with the fees you're paying, it means that when you're in retirement, the difference between you being in low-cost funds and these high-cost funds means you'll end up with probably 40% less money to have in retirement. I mean, people don't have any idea how unbelievably expensive it is on what you have for retirement when you're with one of these commission sales organizations with their very high fees. On the variable universal life, I want you to have an analysis run by the Consumer Federation of America. There is a website called evaluatelifeinsurance.org. And what is the cost now? For that, because you used it recently. Mm-hmm, I sure did. How much? $150. $150. You'll know after they run the analysis what you should do with this variable universal life policy. So in both cases, I want you to get expert advice you're going to have to pay for at garrettplanningnetwork.com and from evaluatelifeinsurance.org. One for the mutual funds the other for the variable universal life garbage. And this way, you'll know the right way to stop the bleed and prevent as much potential embedded capital gains tax as you might have to pay. This is from Bogdan. After visiting Italy recently, I received a text from T-Mobile that said, the majority of recent T-Mobile usage on this line has been roaming internationally. Per our terms and conditions, roaming benefits are not intended for extensive use abroad. You can use Wi-Fi to reduce your international usage. Is T-Mobile ending free texting and internet abroad? No, Bogdan, let me tell you what's going on. T-Mobile has a new CEO and the crazy guy who had run it for so long, Ledger, has retired. And they're becoming no more the uncarrier. They've become very much a finger-wagging organization. And, you know, they offer these benefits, and then the bean counters that are now in charge at T-Mobile freak out, and they send these nasty gram texts to people. So the idea is... There are people who sign up for T-Mobile just because they're traveling internationally because the T-Mobile international benefits are much better than those offered by AT&T or Verizon. And if you just sign up and go over 
to a foreign country and you're using the daylights out of it, you're not doing the purpose of it, which is is an added benefit for the occasional trip somebody takes overseas as something that binds you um, emotionally and practically to T-Mobile. So I don't know if you just had switched to T-Mobile and went to Italy or if this is the new bean counter mentality at T-Mobile at work, but it's ridiculous because they offer this benefit. I don't know that you were in Italy. Nothing about how long he was in Italy. Um, But normally most people go away on an international trip for three weeks or less. And that's what this benefit is intended for. And they haven't canceled you or anything like that over it. But I just don't like the current culture at T-Mobile. They have lost that special edge. When John Ledger would call Verizon and AT&T dumb and dumber, because they were just typical corporate behemoths that worked overtime to alienate their customers. But now T-Mobile has decided they can't decide if they want to be dumb, dumber, or dumbest and be that same kind of culture with saying, no, you can't do that, or no, why do you think we said you could do that either? And this is terrible because they really, for such a long time, were different than the others. And people are policy. You change the leadership of a company and they sometimes lose what made them special. So T-Mobile, get your act together. From Keith in Nebraska, when only using a credit card every six months to keep it active, should you wait until you receive a statement before paying off the balance, or can you pay off the balance as soon as the charge has posted and achieve the same result? Keith, I want you in the particular circumstance where I have you doing a charge twice a year to keep a credit card active in your mix for credit reporting, I want you to let the charge post. You're not going to pay any interest. You just pay it during the grace period. But I want it to show activity on your report, show that there was a balance there. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be $10, but just show that there was a balance there. When I talk about paying before your balance posts, that's when you're trying to raise your credit score by reducing how much of your available credit you're using. That's a whole different circumstance. In this case, I don't want you to pay before the statement closing date. From Beatrice in Georgia, I have a medical office asking me as a new patient to submit a credit card number to store in their files so they can bill me for charges in case my insurance company won't cover all of them. I don't like this idea. What should I do? Is this a safe practice for patients? Beatrice, this is not a safe practice for patients and is popping up all over the country. Here's what's going on. Doctors who take your insurance are able to get an estimate of what insurance is going to pay and what portion is yours. And again, it's just an estimate. What keeps happening, and it's a huge problem for medical practices, is the estimate's wrong and there's a balance that you owe. And a lot of people get that balance. They're like, hey, I already paid the doctor what I owed, and they don't pay the balance. They're like, I'm not paying that. And so this is a terrible problem for doctors. At the same time, the solution is not fair to you because once they have your credit card 
number on file and you've signed a form saying they can use it to charge you whatever balance, you lose power and control and you've signed that form. So this is one of those things that it's another part of the broken medical system in the United States that the ongoing war between insurers and providers, you and I are really just, to them, we're just collateral damage. Nobody really cares at base about you and me and our wallets. So this is tough because the doctors aren't getting their money. At the same time, you're giving up rights if you sign this form and allow them to charge your credit card. So there is a solution. And it's one we gave before. It's if you buy a Visa or MasterCard stored value card with a relatively small balance, you can use that on these forms and you'll know you will never be hit with a really large charge that you weren't able to say anything about. If they try to put through a charge for hundreds of dollars and that stored value card only has $10 on it, all they're getting is $10 and then they've got to contact you and explain to you why you owe more money. And get one without fees. And you can get those without fees. And again, I've upset the doctors again. But this is this is a thing where we are being put in the middle in this war that's going on between the insurers and the doctors. And it's messy. I want to tell you, if you got a mess with your wallet, you need to clean it up. I got the place for you. And we don't need your credit card because it's our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. Next birthday, 30 years old, answering your questions for free, one-on-one, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. You want that one-on-one advice for free? Call 636-49-CLARK.